boy is eating. The boy is your drinking. name. The boy what is your name? Doctor. She is not a girl. First, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Coffee with Gringos, Dynamic English's podcast where you can learn English simply by hearing people use it. So sit down and have a coffee with us. You are listening to Coffee with Gringos. I'm Paige Sutherland. And I'm Ian Kennedy. And today we are going to be talking about English words that actually aren't English words. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. We have words that we use every day in English-speaking countries that aren't actually English words, but surprisingly many people don't know the origin of these words. So we'll be using words that we use in everyday life that are actually German, French, Latin, not English. And so we're going to go over a few of those popular ones that we use all the time. So again, listeners, if you get lost, check out that audio guide and transcript online. Okay, so to kick off this episode, we're going to talk about French words. And so these are words that originate from the French language, but we've stolen them and used them in our English vocabulary, even though they are French words. Some of these I didn't even know that they were French words, so I'm learning as well today. So the first one is déjà vu. It's a very popular, I guess, phrase, you would say, that we use a lot in the English-speaking world. It's just when you think that something just happened, and so you're like, oh, when this person said this, I had déjà vu. I was like, wow, it took me back to this time last week where I thought I was in the same exact place hearing the same exact conversation. And so that is an example of déjà vu. So it's a very, very popular, very popular phrase, but it is French. <laughs> the other one I'm going to say in French is laissez-faire. Laissez-faire is, the easiest translation is carefree. Things are laissez-faire when they're good, they're calm, they're relaxing. Life is good, is laissez-faire. So that also is, is a pretty common, I guess, phrase in French that we use in English. Those are two really good examples you picked out there. I think we hear these all the time. And I'm going to go ahead and apologize on behalf of both of us for any of those French or German or Latin speakers out there. I know Latin's a dead language, but we're probably uh, beating these words to death. We're probably doing a bad job of pronunciating. So please bear with us. Okay, this is the gringo pronunciation. But déjà vu, we hear it all the time, just like you described. We hear laissez-faire a lot, I feel like, too, when we're talking about business. You know, you say this politician or this industry is very laissez-faire with their uh, their policies, meaning it's more like open market, more free market, less regulations. So I remember hearing that a lot in history class and, and economics and things like that. So that's another place where we hear it a lot. A couple other French ones that we use quite a bit is... This next one is a really interesting one. We, we see it all the time whenever you get an invitation to a wedding or a party or a birthday, whatever it might be. But for us, at least, has always stood as the acronym RSVP, which I had no idea this had a French origin. And it's Respondez s'il vous plaît. I tried my best with that pronunciation. So it sounds, you know, sounds like the translations, please respond, I guess. And so please respond, please answer. And so it's saying, are you going to come to this event or not? I think I grew up my whole life, like kind of probably just guessing what the what it stood for. I probably made up a few different things, but it's pretty funny that just now I'm understanding that 
this came from that French phrase. Have you ever heard of that before? Or was this a new one for you too? No, I, what's so funny is it's clearly an acronym, but I never ever questioned what it would stand for. <laughs> and it's funny to think that it stands for French words. <laughs> exactly. And another one, speaking of French parties and French words, we have the word hors d'oeuvres. And hors d'oeuvres is kind of a word basically describing like, you know, it comes from the word outside of work. I don't know how that really translates over to how we use it in more of a setting of like little finger foods, I guess we would call it in the U.S., like little appetizers. You know, you go to like a party or a banquet or some kind of event and you have like cheeses and fruits and and what have you, all these things to kind of sample and eat. We kind of refer to these as hors d'oeuvres in a colloquial sense. So um, while it might have a different meaning, uh, I'm not sure in French. This is the way we at least use it in uh, in the U.S. when we or in English when we speak about it. Which, which is funny. I, I feel like if a French person is listening, they'd be like, you guys are using that totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, for that reason, we, we had the disclaimer in the upfront. No, just like as a, as, as a society, because it's like that is it is appetizers in English, but it, <laughs> it seems like that's not the root meaning in French. That's funny. I'm sure I'm sure we're totally butchering it. So we're just trying our best here. Hey, Ian, did you know besides the podcast, Dynamic English offers one on one classes with native teachers from all over the world? Really? But isn't it just a bunch of grammar lessons? Nope, it's completely discussion based and focuses on topics the student is interested in. That's amazing. But what if I'm not living in Chile? No problem. Dynamic does online classes. You can be living anywhere. Great. But I'm a little intimidated to take the class alone. Can I join with a friend? Of course. Dynamic offers group classes of up to four. Plus, for the next month, Coffee of Gringo's listeners get 10% off individual or group classes. So go online to www.dynamicenglish.cl and mention that you are a listener and get your discount. Well, I'm sold. Sign me up. So now we're going to switch gears a little. So those are just some examples of French words that we have kind of stolen from the French language and use in in English. And so now we're going to switch to German words. So again, these are words that we use commonly in the U.S. pretending they're English words. And I didn't know that, that they're German words. And so this one, I think, is very popular. And it does sound pretty German, so I guess it makes sense. But uh, doppelganger. And this is when... You say this often when you're describing people. You're like, oh my God, Steve, I just saw someone on the train. He's your doppelganger. Like he's your lookalike. He looks exactly like you. He's your twin. Doppelganger. So that that's pretty common to use. It is German, <laughs> but we do use it. So the next word is a word that I had no idea was German. I thought it was an English word and it's angst. And it's commonly used to describe teenagers because they have a lot of emotions And so uh, you have a lot of angst when you're a teenager, you're angry, you have anxiety, you have, you know, all this stress, right? And so a common word together is like teenage angst, right? It's kind of like punk rock music, but I had no idea it was German. (laughs) Yeah, me too. You know, you hear the word doppelganger and just the sound of it can really indicate that it's probably a German word. But angst was another one that kind of made me raise my eyebrows. I didn't know that one. And that's a great way to describe it. We talk about teenage angst. You hear this a lot with uh, like emo music, as we call it, punk music, like you said as well. And you might even hear it as well in the context of like existential angst. So people are 
dreadful of their life or they're confused. They don't know what their purpose is. I actually feel like this word is probably pretty relevant to the last couple of years living through the pandemic. People have been feeling a lot of angst. But for me, I didn't I didn't know this word had a German origin either. So very interesting. And then moving on to a couple words that I found very interesting that are similar are the first one, I think, is, again, kind of similar to doppelganger, and the sound of it is very German, but we have a very common word, kindergarten. So kinder comes from the word children in German, garten is garden, so it's almost like saying a garden for children, obviously in the context of education and having all of them together. It's typically that first year of school, so it's for young children. And the second one that we have, which, again, was a bit more surprising to me, I also didn't know it was German, is iceberg, which comes from the German translation of Eisberg. So it sounds a little bit more German in that pronunciation. And Eis comes from the German word for ice, and berg is mountain, so a mountain of ice that typically happens to be in the water. So another interesting one that we, I think, both have learned together today. I think kindergarten, I knew, I think, like you said, we pronounce it different, but it, it does kind of sound German, but the iceberg, no, no idea. I mean, yeah, that was, that was definitely very new for me. <laughs> it is funny. It's just funny to think like what words we steal and why, you know? <laughs> well, it's so interesting because that's, that's what makes language so, so great and interesting is that, you know, it's always evolving. It's never the static thing where, you know, languages are always borrowing words from other cultures, other languages. Um, and that's due to, you know, conquest or travel or history, what have you. Um, and so it's just really interesting to, to look at how languages are so malleable and they're not just like black and white, right? You have so much mixture going on. And uh, I think that makes it a bit more interesting. No, true, true. So those are some German ones. There's, there's many more, but we just wanted to pick a few. The final language that we steal from in English, which I think most languages steal from because it's the origin of all languages, is Latin. But some popular Latin phrases that we use here in the U.S., um, we were going to just list a few. My favorite one that I use pretty commonly is carpe diem. It's like a very popular like philosophical phrase of just like the way it, that you should live your life, which is seize the day. Carpe diem has kind of transformed into the more modern phrase of YOLO, which most people know is you only live once. So it's kind of just basically a lifestyle, a way of living, of just living in the moment and just like enjoying it all. So seize the day. Uh, I like that. I like that Latin phrase. And then another one that is sounds very Latin as well, but again, we use it so commonly that I forget it's Latin, is per diem. And we use that a lot to describe someone's work schedule. Like, oh, are you full time or are you per diem? Right. And so it means basically, do you work on a salary where you're working 40 hours a week or do you just work per diem, which is, you know, you work on Tuesday or you work that day. And, and, and that is kind of like on payroll. Like it, it will say like per diem gets $30 an hour. Salary is 50000 a year or whatever. So the word is not just colloquially used. It's used like in actual payroll systems, which is funny. Yeah, these are definitely two that you get used uh, so often. And again, all the ones that we list today are, are kind of in that way, but it's, it's cool to look back and see where they come from. So those are two that we use a lot and two that I can think of that are also really common, starting with the first one is ad nauseum, which basically translates in English to the point of sickness, right? It's, it's like saying it's making you nauseous or you know feeling sick to your stomach. 
so this is usually used to say that someone or something is repeating something too much or something is just being talked about too much right to the point of getting sick of it so you know you could say something like the radio station played the the number one hit song ad nauseum right which happens a lot you get a popular song and it gets played over and over and over until people are sick and tired of it so that's a good example of that ad nauseum right there and another one that we hear a lot and i would say most commonly we hear it in like sort of a legal context is the latin word pro bono which translates to english essentially to for the good and this is actually a shortened version of the phrase pro bono publico which means for the greater good in legal terms this is basically saying that a lawyer or a legal team or whoever is doing work um, without pay it's sort of a donation of services for someone when they're representing them so if a lawyer is working pro bono, they're working for free, and it's usually because they believe in the cause, they believe in the person who they're defending or who they're helping, um, and they're doing it out of goodwill more than to earn some money. So that is another example that we hear quite a bit, and I think we could go on and on and on all day about a lot of these, right? We just don't have enough time for that. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, these are just some key ones that we wanted to point out. Definitely go do some Google searching and find some other ones because it is interesting to know where all these words come from that we claim are English and they are not. <laughs> so as always, listeners, if you get lost, check out that audio guide and transcript online, www.dynamicenglish.cl. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Coffee with Gringos was brought to you by Dynamic English, where you can learn English simply by using it. If you're interested in taking classes or just want to learn more, go to our website at dynamicenglish.cl. Thanks for listening.